Conscious Collaboration brings together entrepreneurs, change makers, and thought leaders. We aim to highlight the people that embody the idea of aligned mind, body, and business. Each week, we share, discuss, and learn from the various experiences and ideas of our guest experts. Through our discovery, we find a path to an aligned mind, body, and business. Hi, guys. Welcome in. I'm Lisa. And I'm Emily. And we are the Conscious Collaboration Podcast. We have a fun day because it's guest day. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) Our guest today is a very special person in my life. I have known her for 11 years. Um, We are with Aquanya Hicks of Hicks Anesthesia. And we worked together starting in 2011 uh, at at the hospital. And Aquanya is now a CRNA, Certified Registered Nurse Anesthetist, if you don't know. And she has her own uh, company in which she's doing that. That's Hicks Anesthesia. She's been doing this for four years now. uh, And we just, in our little side conversation, discovered that we've all been in our businesses for about four years now. So... Um, And she is here with us today to talk about several things. We're going to get into nurse entrepreneurship. We're going to get into health as wealth and energy management and all sorts of other good stuff. Whatever comes up, we're going to roll with it. So how are you, Aquanya? Thank you for being here. Thank you guys for having me and hello everyone. Yeah. Uh, You have such a peaceful, calming energy, just even coming in and talking. Well, I try sleep with the best anesthesia, right? Yeah. (laughs) That's a great, that's a great little slogan. I got to tell you, Fanya, um, as a patient who's been through many surgeries, I'm so grateful for all the anesthesiologists I've ever come to meet because they're like the last person that you see before you go into something that's sometimes very nerve wracking and scary. Um, but it's just, I, I'm just always so grateful and thankful. And then I never see that person ever again. <laughs> but Think about how crazy that. of a concept that is too. And like, what, what a great responsibility to literally stop someone's, but I mean, of course there's different right. kinds of anesthesia, yeah. but, uh, you know, in the, in the, and I don't biggest sense to stop everybody's, you know, right. vital functions and, and make sure they stay alive. Cause I mean, <laughs> yeah, the surgeon's important, but if he doesn't have a, a, a specimen to, to operate right. on, right? I mean, right. does, is it, does it matter that your boobs are amazing if you don't wake up? If you don't wake up, right. You know, and that's why I kind of, but no, I, I, all jokes aside, I don't take it lightly because we have such a small time frame to develop trust with our patients. And I feel like it's my purpose actually, because I love what I do. I feel like I was designed for it. I feel like it's my responsibility when I step into your room that morning or afternoon of surgery to build that rapport and, and also just convey to you that, you know, you're absolutely my family while you're in my care. And Mm -hmm. I explain to your, you know, I'm not just taking care of you, but who's ever there with you the day of surgery, you know, and it's my responsibility to, to make, I'm your advocate while you're asleep. Mm -hmm. And more importantly, you know, like you said, you don't see us when we wake up, when you wake up. But um, if I can, I try to round back through recovery just to let them know, hey, I was there. You did amazing. Um, That doesn't always happen. But just rest assured the fact that you're awake and in recovery, your provider, whoever that was, took excellent care of you. So mm-hmm. And I can vouch for that. I know when we worked together and we were on a pretty uh, intense oh, unit, yeah. we'll say, but um 
you know, you work with certain people and you just feel better. You know that the day is going to be, you know, no matter what happens, the day is going to be okay when certain people were there. And Aquani was always one of those people. Oh, yes. We did. We had fun too. I mean, mean, because I mean, and we had patients who came back to see us Mm -hmm. after like, traumatic brain injuries that would I mean I remember one guy in particular came back and played the guitar mm-hmm. yeah one of many yeah that just speaks to the you know the quality of care but when you have people who are in a good space mentally taking care of the sick people you have to know that the care is 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 elevated even more mm-hmm. so, absolutely you know, the doctors are there for a brief moment but your nurses and and the other care providers are there day in day out around the clock so it makes yeah. a difference yeah and I'm glad I'm not there anymore but those were fun times to to look back on mm-hmm. complicated I love, times <laughs> I love to hear those stories too I just really greatly appreciate anybody in your in your field um that you know you're like a sharpa to people that are going through some of the most traumatic times of their lives and reorganizing their their bodies and how do you maintain your your sense of self and and your wholeness through all of that chaos? Honestly, I, I think um, self-reflection is is definitely an important piece of maintaining uh, a level of sanity. Because when you're, I mean, when you're going in to take care of people, um, these people didn't ask to be here, right? No one chooses to be sick, but you did choose the profession. So you have a responsibility mm-hmm. to show up and, and show up in a great way, show up the best version of yourself, the most educated version of yourself. And if that means you tap tapping into a spirituality or whatever it is, you need to be able to check your issues at the door before coming in and caring for someone's family member, because it's not just a task, right? It's not, yes, it's our job, but it's not just something we do. This is someone's mother. This is someone's brother. This is someone's baby. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And to you, it may just seem like, the next thing to chart, but to them, it's their everything. So when you not only take on that responsibility, but it's it's really a privilege. And if you mm. view it as such, your care is going to come out in a completely different way, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Yeah, for sure. I wish I would have... I mean, I had access to this information, I guess, but I wasn't, I wasn't engaged in, in all the spirituality and energy management and, and trauma release and, and those sorts of things. And so I was, I was doing the more uh, right. self-medicating right. and just compartmentalizing and, and not dealing with emotions route for the time being. But um, yeah, I mean, I can tell that you've always sort of operated in that way, just like showing up and choosing to show up, you know, as your, as your best self, no matter what's going on that day. So that's pretty cool. I mean, we're not perfect. I mean, no. I had off days. I'm going to say that like some, but what I, what I tried to do, especially with my coworkers, because we were like a sisterhood there, I swear. Mm-hmm. We had a great time. If I was having an off day, I would kind of come in and let them know, Hey, if I seem a little off today, Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I may not be myself, but I'll be back in a couple of hours. It's not you, it's me. <laughs> right. Because you don't want people walking around like, did I do something to her? Mm-hmm. You know, I might just be a little bit more whatever. And then it's, if you have your buddy there, you know, they give you a powwow talk. Maybe they can bounce you out of it. And some days it's just not going to be an amazing day. And that's mm-hmm. okay. So. And when all else fails, just tell really inappropriate jokes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> <That's the best laughs> <you were. laughs> Away from patients. Yeah. 
So what made you, well, first of all, what made you leave that staff nursing position and decide to go into anesthesia? Okay. So staff nursing for me was always a stepping stone. And I say that, and I'm not sure if you're familiar, but I started out in respiratory therapy. Mm -hmm. So I loved, I love taking care of people, period. But from a respiratory standpoint, actually while I was in respiratory school, I shadowed um, a CRNA. I was supposed to be going to see a perfusionist, but the perfusionist was off that day. So they just paired me with a CRNA. Mm. It was something I had never heard of. I was like 26 years old, never heard of the profession at all. But after being with that CRNA for that day, that was a life-changing event for me. So from that moment forward, I was like, oh my gosh, how can I do this? Right. So um, I was a single mom. So really traveling out of state for schooling wasn't Mm -hmm. like, I mean, it was an option because whatever you want to do, you make a way. But if I could find a, you know, an option where I would have a little bit more family support, it was definitely going to be work out better. So, um, I became a nurse first, um, first thing first, become a nurse anesthetist. But um, I always knew I wanted to do critical care right? mm-hmm. because as the respiratory therapist, um, I worked in the critical care units a lot. I would intubate. So to me, anesthesia was merging the nursing aspect yeah. with the respiratory because I didn't leave respiratory yeah. because I hated it. Yeah. I mean, I just wanted to, to I wanted more. Yeah. I wanted mm-hmm. more. So I got, um, you know, into nursing school. I went straight into the unit because of my skills as a uh, mm-hmm. respiratory therapist mm-hmm. the managers were eager to hand me critical care positions that's right grad. so yeah. you know it's about selling yourself and when something's truly for you anyway it's gonna fall it'll make its lap. way yeah it's gonna fall in your lap so that yeah. position fell in my lap I end up loving neuro I stayed a lot longer than I anticipated because <laughs> the initial plan was to do a year and a half and then apply to grad school mm-hmm. but I end up staying for four years mm-hmm. and sometimes there's that get, four again yeah <laughs> we get comfortable in life and when we get comfortable you know uh for me God had to kind of make me a little bit uncomfortable so mm-hmm. I'm sure you were there when Bayfront was bought out it was no longer for profit. a couple times yeah so many things changed and it was just mm-hmm. not what it used to be it wasn't well, and this is just my opinion because I don't want someone who works at Bay for into whatever, but I didn't feel like it was patient-centered care as much as it was profit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a, in a lot of ways just the way that healthcare is going, going in general. Mm-hmm. They have to make money, but it basically <laughs> propelled me into what my initial plan was, like mm-hmm. now it's time to apply to school. Mm-hmm. So I, I did and... And anesthesia school and a CRNA school is like one of the hardest things you can do. Nursing school in itself is is incredibly hard, but CRNA school is like it's like riding a bicycle through hell. Yeah, (laughs) no clothes on. Yes, yeah. But no, it it sucked. Honestly, it brought something out of me. I didn't. If I had it to do over again, knowing (laughs) what I know now, I love the profession, but um, I don't know. I think sometimes like what you're talking about too, we learn so much of our like shadow periods or, Mm -hmm. you know, when we go through the darkest, you wouldn't have even seen this path that you're on right now at all. Yeah. And it's crazy because then I went back to work at the school. (laughs) (laughs) 
uh, so, tell people it, there's a light at the end of the yes, yes, right through hell. Mm-hmm. Right yeah. through hell. We'll put the fire out at the end. So then you you did that for a couple of years, and what made you transition into uh, becoming your own business? So. Honestly, um, so I had it in the background because, I mean, I was working a full-time W-2 position once I graduated. Mm -hmm. And I would have, like, what I call, like, my little side hustle. So essentially what happened is my side hustle became my main hustle. My side hustle was me working for myself and little business, you know, um, like uh, office space settings, anesthesia or whatever. And I'll be honest, seeing the way companies responded to COVID, mm. I felt like if I'm going to screw myself, <laughs> I might as well do it to myself. I'm not going to wait for like, a company to do it to me. Mm. The things that they, like I was on the front line risking my life, risking my family's life for a company to tell me like what, what you had to do. Would be. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, I even went so far because I mean, at my core, I like helping people. So I was going to go up to Jersey and um, since they were saying they were going to cut our hours, I said, well, I'll take a contract up there to kind of help out with COVID relief since that's what I'm doing here anyway. I basically would have voided my contract and it they would have been able to sue me. I'm like, wow, mm-hmm. rammed mm-hmm. oil, no basketball. <laughs> so yeah. I went to a lot of searching at that point. And, and it just really made me say, you know what, now's the time to to bet on me. Mm-hmm. So from that point on, I did. Was it easy? No. no. Is it worth it? Yes. Because like Em also remembers, I worked 16 hour shifts back then and mm-hmm. I was screwed left and right. So, I mean, I have a lot more balance. I didn't realize how important that was until, because I'd never had it. But once I got it, it's priceless because it's like now there's still mm-hmm. about how much they would pay me to get mm-hmm. me back. And it's just no amount of money is worth the peace of mind that I experienced. With that autonomy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I wonder if, do you think this is just kind of the way that um, nursing is going? Because it seems like, it, and of course there's all different kinds of nursings and, and settings that you can be a nurse mm-hmm. in. But if you're in a big system setting hospital or, or other type of facility like that. I mean, it just seems like that, that the less and less control you have over your own situation, it just gets miserable. So, I mean, I, you know, I found an entrepreneurial out um, and it just seems like there's more and more of that kind of popping up. You know what I kind of feel like and this is just one person's aspect, you know, opinion of it. I feel like nurses, there's like a great awakening. And Mm -hmm. what I mean by that, all of these hospitals, they've done what they needed to do. They've gone, you know, a lot of them have shifted from nonprofit to profit. Um, Oh, sorry. Um, A lot of them, excuse me, have shifted from nonprofit to profit. And, um, you know, they're doing what's best for the hospital. Mm -hmm. So when I say that nurses are having a great awakening, they're understanding what their worth is. And when they're not getting that from hospitals, they're saying, you know what, if the hospital isn't going to value me, I'm going to bet on myself. 
I understand what skill set I bring to the table. Without nurses, hospitals could not profit like they, you know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. with that being said, if you're not going to value me in a way that I can properly take care of my family, I'm going to bet on me. And it's, and it's not personal, it's business. Right. You know what I'm saying? So you have to understand COVID showed a lot of people yep. where belt value lies. Yep. And you had these nurses with bruised faces from taking care of people because they had a passion for it. And then you had them contract COVID and be told they had to use their vacation time exhaust, excuse me, exhaust their vacation time, mm-hmm. knowing that they had contract and the hospital said, we don't know that you got it from here. <laughs> oh my gosh. I remember hearing about that. And I remember people trying to offer up their vacation time to help. Yes. And the thing and is, that wasn't allowed. And the thing <laughs> is, we look at it like they're losing money. You know, they, they get, they didn't get paid for time that they had off and you had to be off, you know, and but it's so much more than losing a paycheck. Right. It's if just, someone's living paycheck to paycheck, that's loss of a home. That's loss of who's counting on that person for resources as far as children or maybe elderly parents or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like it's a whole lifestyle that's lost because essentially these places aren't valuing nurses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kanya, I love that you're you're calling it a great awakening. I, I know in the corporate realm. Um, they were calling the last couple of years, the great resignation mm-hmm. where everyone was just jumping ship from corporate to create their own entrepreneurship or to find something that gave them more wellness in their lives, realizing, Hey, I'm like not even valued as a person right now. And, um, I'm not the best, I'm not my best self for my family. Um, so I like the, the word great awakening more because you realize there is that holistic wellness component and that, and that like human rights component (laughs) to it. Yeah. And awakening is, is not necessarily saying I'm going to step away from it. Awakening is saying, I'm going to evaluate my specific circumstance and determine what's the best move I need to make for me and my family. Mm -hmm. Because these healthcare facilities are doing exactly that when it comes to their bottom line. Mm-hmm. So I feel, and I, I mean, cause think about it. We, we talk about the, the physical component of nursing, but the mental health component mm-hmm. is so much more. Mm-hmm. If I'm not intact mentally, I don't care how physically in shape I am. You don't want me doing anything to you. Yeah. And there was no, at least, you know, in my time and when I was there, there were no resources mm-hmm. for that type of thing. No acknowledgement even that, hey, if you come in to your job every day and you're absorbing everyone else's worst traumas mm-hmm. <laughs> every single day, and by necessity, you have and develop survival mechanisms like shutting down emotional capacity basically and compartmentalizing things and and doing things that are going to be ultimately detrimental to your emotional and spiritual health. Mm-hmm. There was no acknowledgement of that and certainly no resources for how to manage that. It was just like keep on smiling. Oh, yeah. Take it for the yeah. team, guys. And that that all gets into your body, right? Like all of that stress. 
Yeah. Oh, I had all kinds of gunk to work out. Yeah. If you think about it, you're becoming more callous, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, code blue. Okay. Patient didn't make it. Two other Mm -hmm. patients. Let's go. Boom, boom. You become so automated and callous. And then you wonder why you're showing up in different areas of your life in this callous way, right? You're trying to spawn, say, a relationship with Mm -hmm. your child and and you have a hard time connecting with your child or Mm -hmm. a romantic encounter. And they're like, Mm -hmm. I just feel like you're not as vulnerable or you're you're not as open. Mm -hmm. This is stuff that spilled over from work. Yep. It becomes your default um, management of if you start to feel an emotion that you don't like, at least this is how it kind of felt for me. If you start to feel an emotion that you don't like, you've become so good at just like, you think you're throwing it away, but you're not. not. It's manifest that you're packing it away and it's going to manifest as something eventually, be it physical or emotional or social or all of the above. You're right. It's like, it's almost I think it was all of the above. Yeah. Yeah. In a, in a container. So it's like, you're like rotting on the inside because you can't, you have to, you have to feel things in order to process them. Even mm-hmm. if you, you know, wait, like what would have been great is for somebody to teach, you know, teach us like, okay, do what you need to do to, to, you know, do your job at work. Right. You can't be this like blubbering right. emotional mess, but when you're done, then allow yourself to feel that emotion, process it. And, you know, move on to the next thing, even if it would have been something as simple as like recommending journaling mm-hmm. or, you mm-hmm. know, going to a therapist, like nobody like ever even acknowledged or... that we might need that. I think I, I remember the, the beginning of the dysfunction of creating that callous mm-hmm. mentality, mm-hmm. which by the way, I still carry forward today. I think I process it better, but when mm-hmm. you're a, a, a young nurse, you, it's foreign, right? Mm-hmm. So I never forget. I was just off. It was my first like week off of orientation. We had 12 weeks critical care orientation. I was working night shift and, um, it was a, um, a trauma came in and, um, it was a gunshot wound to the head. Mm-hmm. Never forget. And, um, it was a, 18 year old who had given someone a ride somewhere and the person turned out to try to rob him to driven him to a a open field shot him in the head so by the time he got to me um his head was all you know wrapped up it was inoperable and in the two days that we were there because we also once patients were you know gone we did LifeLink, which is the, mm-hmm. the preservation of organs mm-hmm. for donation to help yeah. other people sustain life. So this particular patient, young kid, um, and I had a son by that time. I think my son may have been like five or six or something like that. But And when that mom got there, I'll never forget. He was adopted. She was a great mm-hmm. lady. He seemed like a great kid. The pain she felt, you know, I had to keep together. I was in nurse mode. So I, I, I hug her because because when you're taking care of a patient, it's patient-centered care, but holistically, you're taking care of that family. Too. Mm-hmm. So if it means hugging and just staying there, just listening, just whatever, right? So we're doing all of that. And um, then it came time for, you know, life length, this, that. And, and the problem was he was 
brain dead. But when you have a gunshot wound to the head, I hope I'm not being too gory, but no, they never no. herniate down into the brainstem to get them to stop breathing. So what happens is all night I spent rewrapping his head. I didn't know that. They don't herniate down? No, because they have the opening in the head. So when pressure oh, fails, because Oh, because, yeah, out, they're already done. It makes yeah. sense. Oh, they my don't, gosh. Yeah. yeah, you you remembered it. You I forgot. do, <laughs> but um, because you were wrapping brain up. Yeah, so I was constantly trying to make it so that his mother didn't have to see her oh. son's skull contents. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to mm-hmm. say this mm-hmm. tactically, mm-hmm. you know, coming out right. So because he would never herniate down, they did what they call a donation after cardiac death. Mm-hmm. So 5 a.m. that morning, right before the next shift, we take him to the OR. Well, what happens is once he gets to the OR respiratory removes life support. And then within that hour, he has to expire. If he doesn't, we take him back to a room and let him expire there. I, it it hit me that time because we don't, we didn't call doctors to come back and pronounce the patient. So it was on me as a Mm. nurse to pronounce this patient deceased and your mind plays all kind of morbid tricks. Mm -hmm. So when the patient finally expired, the life link team couldn't pronounce them because it's a conflict of interest. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting there and I'm wanting to hear a heartbeat that I know I want this mother. She wants it to be present too, just as bad as I do, but there isn't one. And when I finally pronounce this patient, I'm getting chills just like thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, The heartbreak, like I, I left there numb. Mm-hmm. I left the OR numb. I hugged the mom. I hugged the rest of the family. And then the team came in to harvest the organs. But I sat in my car that morning before I got off and I cried like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, just thinking about it. Like I never, yeah. I still have his, have his mother's business card in my wallet to this day. Aww. And it's one of those things I'll never forget. Mm-hmm. And that was the day. I learned that, okay, this is the last time you're going to be able to kind of show emotion like this. And I think that's where the beginning of all my callus kind of, mm-hmm. the dysfunction, so to speak. Mm-hmm. You, and you, like Emily said earlier, you think you're throwing it away. I didn't throw that away. That day. I packed it down and that's mm-hmm. why I, even now it brings chills and I, and I tear up thinking about it. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's for that, like sharing that too. I mean, that's both of you and, and Emily and I talk about it a lot too, when we're working out, like that's retaining so much (laughs) into Mm -hmm. your, your core self, um, of, of emotions and the way they portray it in movies and television shows is they make it look like, (laughs) I mean, maybe they provide it for, for doctors, but they make it look like there's healthcare staff or like psychiatrists or counselors there. No, no, no. That doesn't really exist, huh? We had a really great chaplain at our, uh, yeah, at our hospital, but um, no, often we would be the only person present, um, you know, either completely or besides family members when someone died. Yeah. And then you were so busy supporting family that you couldn't process your own emotions right and the thing is you for you forget about it a little bit and some of these were really traumatic like Mm -hmm. right really traumatic and very you set your unprocessed emotions into that vacuum sealer bag where you put all your other stuff 
And then one day somebody comes along with a pen and just, Mm -hmm. and then you kind of. Yeah. I think most of us, at least who were doing that kind of work are walking around with some flavor of PTSD, you know, Mm -hmm. that, that creeps in at, at certain points in their lives. And it just makes me think about like the whole concept of, um, <laughs> nurses as healthcare workers, ironically, being some of the least healthy people, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. mentally, and it's going to be like as within, so without kind of thing, mm-hmm. y- you know, if you're, if you're letting your physical health go, then your mental health is going to go right along, along with it and vice versa. Right. If you're letting your mental health go, cause you're just, you know, experiencing all these all these traumas on a day-to-day basis, then your physical health is going to be affected as well. So um, yeah, I mean, I think it highlights uh, sort of a, this might be a little dramatic, but like a silent crisis, you know? I agree. And I I agree. Even I think it spills over even into the way, I don't know if you've ever heard the concept and I'm sure Emily has, but in training as far as new nurses coming into the profession, mm. new like nurses eating their young. Mm-hmm. And it's like, how can I value and instill in you great things if I don't even like me and what I do? Mm-hmm. You know, I, at, at my core, I'm on, and, and the number of new nurses or student nurses, because that go through units and the experienced nurses that tell them, I don't know why you're coming into this, or, mm-hmm. you know, they're really negative about it. And I don't think that they hate nursing as much as they hate the lack of support they receive. In mm-hmm. nursing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we and always it, say that, like that saying that hurt people hurt people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. but, like they're so callous at that point, like in a way they're trying to probably protect you from yeah. Yeah. the hurt that they have. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry. I didn't mean to talk over you, Emily. No, it's <laughs> no, okay. And, and you'll sort of find that, that the, it's, it's the, more seasoned nurses who are the worst about doing that. And it I don't think it's because they have ill intentions and really they're not even thinking that they're, uh-huh. that they're hurting the people who could relieve them. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. But um, it's, I think it's just, they've had so long of this callousness and trauma building up without really any support or resources to, to process that in a healthy way. So like, and if you uh, think about it, like, am I don't, I'm sure you agree with this statement, but those nurses that were really jaded in that way, if you can almost allow yourself to not be affected by their hard exterior, yeah. the amount of, that they can teach you yep. is like, those oh, are yeah. the best nurses. The ever. best nurses to, the best to nurses. be around. I'm now, like, I got one in particular. I know who, I know you know who you, it is. Um, like, if something's <laughs> going down, yeah. you want her there. Uh-huh. Like, and she can teach you so, so much, mm-hmm. but it's just the whole concept of, like Emily said, or I'm not sure if you said it, maybe they're being that way because they're almost trying to protect you in a way. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if you, like everyone talk about, you know, the doctors save the life and they do. I don't want to take anything from physicians. They're an amazing group of people, but I don't think there's enough kudos to the nursing care. Cause if you count how many lives were saved. Yeah. You, Cause it's somebody that catches the thing before the thing happens. And there's this misconception that many nurses are nurses or many people in healthcare that aren't physicians are what they are because they're not. Because they couldn't enough. be doctors. That right. Not, that is the furthest thing from the truth. 
they chose to be what they are. It's not that mm-hmm. they don't have the smart, I mean, mm-hmm. no shade, but you can be a doctor. Well, any career, any career. Yeah. yeah. You can find good ones and bad ones, smart right. ones and dumb ones. Exactly. Right. And you got people who are really book smart, who then once clinically, you get it clinically, it doesn't, it doesn't compute. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's a unfortunate uh, stereotype, but I hope, I hope that's kind of going away. I, I, I think, I hope that sort of somewhat, you know, yeah. it's starting to become more mainstream, this idea that nursing is just a separate profession, not a lowlier profession or, you know, I mean, yeah, technically you go through less years in school, but if you're doing advanced nursing, I mean, mm-hmm. you're really not. And you're, you're lumping. I mean, you have to know as a CRNA, everything yeah. that an anesthesiologist uh-huh. has to know. Yeah. So you just have it in a compressed amount of time to right. learn. <laughs> right. You know, and they've actually made my profession a, a doctoral. Mm-hmm. Like right. injury now right. I was a grandfather in and I'll probably go back and pursue, but, um, a lot of people are using nurses as their primary care now. And so, you and know. And it kind of wraps up into that whole um, healthcare and profits, right? Because mm-hmm. we're not even patients anymore. We're healthcare consumers. Mm. So with that I hate that. Oh, yeah, that's, that's where we are. I hate it and because it, it like that implies... I mean, I think it just needs to be a separate category. Like we need not bring capitalism into healthcare. That just, it it is a conflict of interest and that makes Mm -hmm. it, that takes it out of the realm of healthcare, because if we really wanted people to be healthy, we would want them not to use the system. We want to reserve that system and reserve those resources for the traumas, for the major surgeries and the cancer and the, the uh, yeah, duh. (laughs) Right. Exactly. So. Yeah. It's wild to think about, especially during the pandemic, when you would see lines outside of the hospitals with people. Mm-hmm. At the Conscious Collaboration Podcast, we are proud affiliates of Atapa medical grade red light therapy devices. Red light therapy boasts a long list of clinically proven benefits, many that I and many of my clients have experienced firsthand. You can be sure that you'll be able to train harder recover faster and sleep better with Atapa red light therapy. Visit myatapa.com, M-Y-A-T-A-P-A.com or use the link in our Instagram bio to shop with the code collab15, that's C-O-L-L-A-B 15 for a discount on your device. What people got to know too is like all this was happening. This didn't just happen magically with COVID. This was all I, I, I got out of the hospital two years, almost two years before, um, you know, COVID happened and it was well on its way to this pull the covers off exactly that's what i was gonna say and in some cases i think provided a scapegoat which kind of irritates me because it's like no we were already dealing with this right like em and i worked through like ebola (laughs) right oh my god and we're in there with like a cigarette and a hat <laughs> like seriously, like, okay. Oh, I'm supposed to be afraid funny. of this. I mean, you know, just like, I yeah. Know. I mean, it got. Like, it I got think the pretty rest real. Of the world just kind of was exposed to what we were already mm-hmm. like. right. Yeah, I don't think we would have seen it through a different lens. I mean, because it, like you were saying, you're not 
spending a great deal of time in the hospital, hopefully. Yeah. Um, you know, so a lot of people didn't realize that a lot of this was happening and, and we didn't have the, the right questions to even ask, but it's great to hear that people like you are creating your own um, a- approach and systems that are healthier. Mm-hmm. And wouldn't it be great if like those caught on in a bigger way? Um, I think I, it would I, be great in a lot of ways, but I think it would be greater if the bigger corporate sector of healthcare would, you know, because people have to work within that system in order for the system to work. So, you know, you want a balance that creates a better environment so that hospitals can retain nurses on staff Mm -hmm. and not have to rely on. Yeah travel nurses to, you know, like it, it creates other little micro dynamics that really just make it harder and harder on the nurses who might want, who might like their staff nurse job, but like the, all the environment around it is just so shitty because of all these factors that are playing in. So this is going to sound like, I mean, it may sound weird, but it may not. I just really think that if there was, and I'm going to go out on a limb and say a nurse run hospital mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. would collaborate with uh, other disciplines that really allowed the nurse driven mm-hmm. prototype to really be executed. Yes. Um People who have worked clinically and right. understand because at that point they would the things also besides the bean counting. <laughs> besides the bean counting, they would also understand though, because to me, it costs me more to hire a crappy provider, whether that's a nurse, physician, therapist, whatever, than to take the time and hire someone who's truly passionate about what it is they do. I would rather pay them because mm-hmm. I'm gonna get better results. Cause at that point, they're operating. And they're working from integrity Mm -hmm. as opposed to salary. Just coming in and out. And they don't really have any attachment to the hospital. Right. And I just feel like at the end of the day, and maybe I'm in a fairy tale world, but I feel like it's enough of us out there to do that. Well, plus, I, I, I don't even think that it's a fairy tale. I think you're literally just asking for the bare minimum, but we've been so yeah. uh, programmed to to be like, just take it, just take it. Like, mm-hmm. you're a nurse, you can take it. Yeah. And then you just do because, yeah. because it's you know, for all, all the reasons, you, you know, Um until you don't anymore. Until until yeah. Until you you, you stick it to the man. <laughs> you because I mean yeah. at some point, and that's what it was for me at some point. Um, because the more we take, the bolder these people and and companies get, right? Because mm-hmm. I I mean I do what I do because I love it. I mean, and I can recall, like I felt I got to a point where I was feeling bad asking for just. Right, the bare minimum. Support it, and mm-hmm. then I was met with, well, and all I'm, you know, I'm saying, hey, I, I'm working by myself. I don't have this, this, and this, and I'm just maybe we can kind of. And when I come, and, and you know, I don't know if you remember this, but even 
as a nurse on the floor, if I came with a problem, I'm coming with a solution. Mm. I don't want you to just, just to be complaining. Like, exactly. Yeah. I have a way that we can fix this or at least something uh, uh, somewhere we can start. So for you to meet me with, well, if this isn't working for you, maybe you should leave. <laughs> oh. I was like clutching my yeah. pearls. Do you know yeah. how devalued that made me feel yeah. as a employee? I'm like, oh. It's it's almost like a narcissist empath relationship. And I do. I think uh, corporations like prey on the empathy of nurses because even though we do develop this callousness, like at the core of, I think, just about every nurse because nursing school alone mm-hmm. is enough to weed out if, you know, mm-hmm. the really rotten apples. I think at the core of every nurse is, is an empathetic right. being. Yeah. And so they can prey on that, you know, like, like that tendency to like feel bad if you mm-hmm. leave before every single thing is done, even though you're three hours, you know, past your, your yeah. shift time or, you know, fill in the blank. There's so many situations that you can sort of just subtly infuse some guilt there. Mm -hmm. And so we'll just grin and bear it because we're tough, because we can, Mm -hmm. and because we do care. Because it's like, well, if you left now, you know, that means you wouldn't, you don't care. And it's crazy because oftentimes we're loyal to situations that are not loyal to us. Mm -hmm. And that's another thing that I had to consider because when you're speaking to someone to, to a person in that manner in a room of the peers, that's like, on top of being rude, it's just mean. And it's mm-hmm. like, man, that was mean. So after that was said to me like two or three times, I'm like, okay, they've done what they're going to do. What are you going to do? Because at this point, it's not what they're doing to you. It's what you're allowing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. It sounds so much like a, a codependent relationship. Yeah, it's true. Um, and yeah. it's like, okay, if if someone has been giving you apples, for 12 months, clearly it's an apple tree. Why are you looking for oranges at this point? Mm-hmm. It's time to go ahead and, you know, either plant an orange tree, go visit an orange tree. You're not getting what you need. So, but the thing is, they're so, I, I don't know if I would call it narcissistic, but when you finally do that thing that they told you to do, mm-hmm. because you've been telling me over and over, if this isn't working for you. You call their bluff. Right. So once I, I literally, I kid you not, I turned in my, my, my resignation not because it was personal, mm-hmm. because I was just the, the best, best move in your life for yeah. me. Yeah. And, and to be blackballed and isolated, like literally, like, I'm like, wait a minute, isn't this what you wanted? Mm-hmm. Now you're going to like, not talk to me. <laughs> mm-hmm. And now it's uh, how dare you hurt me right. for leaving? <laughs> yeah. How dare you love yourself enough to manipulative <laughs> tactics? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Lighting and when I tell you blame shifting and <laughs> I was but you know what? Maya Angelou has a quote and it's, mm-hmm. and she says, when someone shows you who they are, believe them the mm-hmm, first time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And truth be told, I have seen many people. And, and you, when you're a person who wants to see the good in everybody, you deny mm-hmm. that first impression of them. But I'm, I'm really trying to rest in believing people when they tell me who they, when they're showing me, not tell me, but showing me who they are. Mm-hmm. Because actions for me are so much more paramount. I can tell you I'm a mermaid, but if I haven't shown you my fins, am I really? Mm-hmm. Especially in this day and age when everybody is just claiming to be whatever they want to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> just, no, no pun intended, but I'm- yeah. 
Yeah. Well, Aquania, like what are the principles that you infuse into your way of doing business that help you live more aligned to your purpose and your joy and why you started doing what you're doing? Definitely um, integrity. Um, and no matter what I do, I, I have to do the right thing, even when no one's looking right. So that's something that's huge for me. Another thing. Definitely a quality you want in a nurse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely. Um, I don't know. I think also I, I, I consider my job to be a privilege. And and I actually um, thank a lot of my patients. Like I was telling you guys earlier, if I get a chance to, I, I round make rounds in recovery to check on my patients and to kind of just to show my face again. But when I'm there doing that, I thank them for allowing me to participate in their care. Cause I mean, they didn't have to, right? Mm-hmm. Be told we don't, we don't have to have a, if someone makes us feel uncomfortable for any reason, we can, excuse me, we can decide to not have that person there. So I don't, I don't take it lightly that I'm allowed into a, a person's experience, surgical experience in any capacity. So that's something I infuse into my care. Um, oddly enough, humor. I'm quite mm-hmm. So I love to make my patients laugh because many times before surgery, people are all uptight. You know, they're really nervous. I get it. And I mean, obviously within reason, you got to bring emotional intelligence because some people you just mm-hmm. don't need to joke with. But the ones that I can make laugh, you know, I try to make them laugh. So normally I, I go into the preoperative area. And when I meet the patient, I kind of say, happy surgery day. That kind of like an oxymoron. That's the first thing that mm-hmm. makes them laugh. But um, break a leg. I'm talking, well, not break a leg. I'm know. But, you know, just kind of try to make it a, a joyous experience. I like, I, I like to, no matter which life I encounter in which capacity, whatever capacity, I, I kind of want them to remember, you know what? I can't pronounce her name, but she was, she was pretty. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to her name? <laughs> so, and, and not just, you know, the, the external clients, but also the internal clients. I like the surgeons. I like working with me. Mm-hmm. I like the nurses and the techs because everyone has a important part that they play from, you know, the CEO of the hospital down to the janitor that keeps the board being. Mm-hmm. Everyone's job is important. And just because my job isn't their job doesn't take away from it any, any, at any time. Yeah. I think that indirectly that that is really doing a service to the patient as well, because if you can sort of affect positively the way every other, especially in a surgical setting, Mm -hmm. you can affect positively the way that every other um, you know, employee is showing up. That's only going to benefit the patient at the end of the day. Very true. Mm-hmm. Very true. Well. And I think the humor is super valuable too. Like that saying that laughter is the best medicine. I think is a is a cliche for an absolute reason. Yeah, it actually releases mm-hmm. endorphins, so it's scientific too. So that. Mm-hmm. And when we pulled, uh, uh, when Lisa pulled the Eching re- reading before we recorded, joy was uh, the first card. I do. I, I I try to definitely brighten a lot of spaces, and honestly. It's a gift and a curse because gift because of the obvious, but a curse because it makes it so hard to leave places. You know what I mean? Because I feel like I'm leaving people and and the way people show up for me when I'm leaving kind of reminds me of the impact I made in that space. 
And so it's like bittersweet, you know, mm-hmm. it really is bittersweet. I, I can recall the thing that you guys did for me when I went to school and then even stepping out onto my own and my own business, you know, the things that the hospital did for me there. And it's like, these aren't things that are solicited. Like this is people, but that's how I show up for people too. I love mm-hmm. making people feel present anytime they're around me. I want them to know that I pre- I try to give them their flowers while they're here. So we've delved into a lot of things about nursing and for someone who might be out there listening, like considering going to nursing school, who we've scared the bejesus out of, <laughs> um, let's bring it back to a takeaway, you know, maybe, maybe a more uplifting takeaway. Uh, what, what would you have to say for someone like that who is considering um, going into nursing um, bravely so, <laughs> uh, but to, to let them know that there is, it, it's not all terrible and there is a light at the end of the tunnel. What would you say to that person? I would say that, um, no matter what you choose, there are going to be sacrifices that you make, right? Rarely mm-hmm. are you ever going to have success that'll be worth it without sacrifice. Mm. And I truly feel like nursing for me, if you're searching yourself and you're doing nursing because you genuinely care about people, because honestly, I feel like God selected me for it. Cause at first I, I, I took a, a negative aspect when I was like dealing with COVID and I was on the front line so much, but then I had to sh- shift my perspective and I had to say, you know what? I'm not being stuck in this area. Nothing happens by chance. Mm-hmm. I'm chosen mm-hmm. to take care of these people because they know I would do such a good job at it. And when I kind of looked at it in that aspect, it made me realize there's no one better to do this. Mm-hmm. Like I am that person. So if you're considering nursing, yes, you're going to have things that are going to be challenging, but will it be worth it? Ultimately, if you were truly selected for it, yep. Yeah. It's going to, and it's going to mm-hmm. be so rewarding because you're not doing it for the attaboys, right? You're doing it for, I don't know, just that. It just feels good. Mm-hmm. Like it legit feels good. If I had it to do all over again, I would select the same, same route mm-hmm. all day, despite every negative thing I've said. And what I try to do is be that person that doesn't tell the new nurses, oh, you chose the wrong profession. Everything that I encountered that I didn't, like, you know, being a student, mm-hmm. I try not to put that off on. I mean, I don't lie to them on the career, it, but mm-hmm. there's a way to say and do everything. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So yes, we've said some harsh things here today, but um, if you were to encounter me in the educational or clinical space, you would get quite the different, you know, experience. Mm-hmm. This is just, we're being candid. We're being black and white. Like these are some areas for improvement mm-hmm. and, and just to kind of backtrack yes healthcare can use a little bit more um mental health support for nurses and doctors and anyone that works in that space would it correct everything maybe not but would it make it a little bit better yes Mm -hmm. because when people see you trying they acknowledge the effort and I feel like that's um, Mm -hmm. that's a start I would add to just don't take things personally Mm-hmm. You'll have a lot more peace going through the process mm-hmm. <laughs> if you just choose not to take things personally. Yeah, very much. That's very true. You're probably going to feel stupid. Yeah. 
more than a time or two. And that's okay. <laughs> and that's okay. Know what you don't know and don't take anything. Oh my gosh. Personally. That is huge. Mm-hmm. Knowing what you don't know. Cause mm-hmm. um, that whole fake it till you make it. There's no do overs in nursing. Mm-hmm. So when you're faking it, somebody might just die. So yeah, that's not cool. Mm-hmm. So know what you don't know and be okay with asking or just double checking. Sometimes it's just a second set of eyes. Yeah. No matter how long you've been doing it, mm-hmm. honestly, <laughs> you can't ever know and retain everything. So, um, and then what do you think a takeaway for for the non-nursing folks out there would be from, from this discussion? I would say if you know someone has been nursing for a while, give them a little grace mm-hmm. because they may be dealing with a lot of physical, mental, spiritual components that you haven't even considered that they have to consider because of the line of work they've chosen mm-hmm. or that the line of work that's chosen them. Mm-hmm. So I would say definitely give them a little grace. Um, <laughs> Understand that their humor, yes, is weird, but that's how the <laughs> uh, And then they, you know, if, if you can kind of just listen sometimes, let them vent. Mm-hmm. They, they, could, they would definitely appreciate that. And when you're talking to a master, do you just want to vent or do you really want my advice on this? Because mm-hmm. sometimes they just need to get it out and they don't have a lot of areas because if their family does not work in healthcare, they don't, they don't get to kind of let it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, but they're super, super compassionate people. Most of them that I've met, ninety yes. nurses, you're going to be well taken care of, even if it doesn't. If they seem hard, those are the softest ones. Those are the yes. Ones. In inside that candy coated shell oh is my some gosh, the best cushy cushy caramel <laughs> caramel. I never yes, know how I it's say worth that taking the time to to crack through the surface of someone in healthcare and knowing you both and hearing your stories of ways that you were able to joke around and lift each other up. And obviously it made for a long lasting friendship so far, but as you're both talking, I can see there's a lot of parallels between what you're talking about and really, really, you can carry that over into any profession. Um, You know, the idea of stress is at the root of all disease Mm -hmm. and and, you know, that's something that we we hold, I mean, especially in the Western world, really <clears throat> um, encapsulate all that stress into what we do and allow that to become part of a working environment. Like it's okay um, when, in fact, systems could probably <laughs> be created and changed to help mitigate a lot of stress that's taking people down and leaving them to resign. Um, and look for other things, taking people away from what their, what they believe to be their purpose. And, and a lot of times really wanting to help. Um, I think, especially you're talking about, <clears throat> you know, the, um, the, the purpose, the life journey aspect, and being able to remember back to that, that one person that may be a mentor for a day, like in a shadowing experience. But that one person that exemplified um, joy enough to inspire you to take that step is, um, I think what carries over across all professions is being able to remember why you accepted the path that you're on. Mm -hmm. Remember the joy and why you started to begin with. And that's something that takes work to maintain. It's not an effortless thing. It's something you need to check in with yourself and, um, you know, and stoke that fire 
um, to get back to that place where you're like, okay, this is why I started. This is what I'm infusing into my day, in my conversations, in my work. Um, yeah, I mean, and I hear a lot of gratitude too. Yeah. Being something that drives you and why you do what you do. And, um, and it's supremely hard in healthcare <laughs> to mm-hmm. maintain that. Mm-hmm. So. I think it's, I, I'm, I'm still geeked about <laughs> my path. I love it so much. And I just, it, I, I used to hear people talk about that, like thing that they would do if, even if they wouldn't be compensated for it. And I know it sounds cliche. I know I need to take care of my family, but I would totally do this for nothing. Like, and that just sounds so weird. And I never thought I'd hear myself saying something like that. And even when I have students, you know, I want to be, I, I wish I could remember that Sierra's name that inspired me the way she did, but I try to be that to so many. So, I mean, I definitely, I'm a mentor. I, I actually have an email now about being a mentor. Um, you know, I help do interview prep for anesthesia school or just advanced nursing practice positions, period, like ARNP. I help people, whatever your destiny is. I mean, I'll tailor it to that because I like seeing people reach their purpose. Mm. So me being able to do what I love, I feel like the least I could do is give back by, you know, helping write mission statements or, you know, being on interview panels or just, I don't know, Mm -hmm. whatever I can do to help someone else get to their good thing. I feel like I've reached my good thing. I think that's so great too. And such a great illustration of like that person probably has no freaking clue what kind of effect they had on you just by like showing up and being a good mentor that day and, and the, the butterfly effect that created Uh because now you're inspired to do that for other people. And so any, any one or 10 people that now you choose to mentor along the way can also have the same effect. And so we just multiply and multiply and multiply, um, you know, just by taking that attitude of like, you know, right. Instead of eating my young today, I'm going to show up and like teach them. <laughs> Cause she was not like, and you're absolutely right. Cause she, it would have been nothing for her to say the perfusionist isn't here. She can't come with me. It mm-hmm. makes no sense. It would have mm-hmm. been nothing. But for whatever reason, God allowed her to say, you know what? Sure. Mm-hmm. I didn't know why she didn't know why I'm behind the curtain seeing absolutely nothing. I'm looking <laughs> over, looking at an open heart, but I mean, you know, and it's just like, like you said, it's, it's, I've helped countless people get into programs at this point. Oh, it was an open know? heart too. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and it opened my heart right up. Oh, look at that. <laughs> look at that. Well, yeah, I mean, and that's good for you too, to be in that space where you were able to recognize a really significant opportunity. And that's what's only possible when we are operating in a place where we're not under a lot of stress. Um, That's when we miss out on all of those opportunities. So what's next for you, Aquanya, with with Hicks Anesthesia? What do you see in an evolution happening in the coming years? I, I actually, I'm, I'm open to quite a few opportunities, actually. 
Um, I definitely wouldn't mind going into the the cosmetic space at some point, Mm -hmm. whether it'll be, uh, you know, that's probably more long, long term. Um, I actually have a a buddy of mine that has a, um, uh, like a clinic where she offers Botox and chemical peels and all those types of things. So she and I have spoken about uh, possibly in the future me, especially with me being a woman of color, um, you know, exploring some of those opportunities because it's kind of a, not an untapped, but a a lesser tapped, Mm. Um, you know, and so that's something I may think about. Um, definitely, I love teaching. As I mentioned earlier, I'm affiliate, affiliated with USF and their anesthesia program. I do some adjunct professor there, and I'm also USF alumni, go Bulls, um, <laughs> as well as, um, you know, so teaching, I, I, I definitely enjoy che- teaching. Um, so maybe something in academia, but as far as my company definitely just continuing to touch as many lives as I can via office-based and hospital-based anesthesia. We'll be heading out to Orlando at a hospital near you. Hicks <laughs> Anesthesia coming to Orlando. <laughs> yes, on tour. What was your what was your slogan? Sleep. Oh, sleep with the best. Sleep with the best. Don't wake up with the rain. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Uh, I'm writing that down. <laughs> That's going in your bio. <laughs> so Kwani, are you welcome? Are you welcome to people reaching out to you if they have questions about what you shared with us today? Yeah, that's quite all right. Um, I just have a, a phone number or email or whatever. Aquania is a rare specimen okay. who uh Stays away from the social media, like in 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 its entirety. <laughs> I respond. Um, oh, you have a LinkedIn. Okay, that that's good. Well, people, yeah. we won't give out your phone number, but okay. uh, yeah, you know, maybe LinkedIn. people can reach out to you on your LinkedIn. I Aquania am so Hicks. odd, and mm-hmm. I've been told that. But yeah, I'm just like, oh, I'll do it next year. I'll do it next year. I mean, it's admirable. Um, I mean, I'm a fan of LinkedIn, yeah. honestly, too. So. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, that's that's kind of been a good space to to get to know people. So we'll definitely we'll share your LinkedIn profile yeah. in the yeah. description. I I really Go like update it then because there there went that. We should be friends on LinkedIn. I have one now. Oh, you. <laughs> you okay. call it, Emily, they don't call it friends on LinkedIn though. It's what well, is it? Connection. Whatever. It's, it's not shaking as, things up. Yeah. yeah as as we can. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, need to, I need to do better, but I. Social media just doesn't ruffle my feathers. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, um, if it doesn't, don't do it. It's not necessary. Right. Thank you. Thanks. You're the first right. person that said that. I need to jot this date down. Everyone else told me how lame it is. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just it. think it's and funny because when I'm hanging out with you, it looks like I've got an imaginary friend, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, I mean, I'm like, I'm with somebody right like, now, but show. you can't see them. Right. <laughs> <laughs> She'll show them like, like my shoes or something. Yeah. <laughs> the headless. Uh, yeah workout pictures and then the people that we we know they'll be like i know that was your i know that was your leg that was your leg because when i'm with them they do the same thing they say i know that was your leg on oh aquania let me ask you before before we tie this up with a bow at the end but what has been your experience in working with emily in training and fst oh my gosh it's been amazing so um feathers are ruffling I'm, I'm telling you, I'm ruffling like, my feathers. I'm telling you. <laughs> oh my gosh! So I first reached out to her. Okay, because you by now everyone knows I'm long winded, so I got to be dramatic and. Cool. 
Sorry, guys. You're a great, you're a great storyteller. We're so <laughs> we're so short winded. So it's weird. <laughs> Aquania, are you a Gemini also? Close enough. I'm a Taurus. A Taurus. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. The little bull there. Mm-hmm. So I actually reached out to her because I was going to get massages and my back was all jacked up. And I mean, I was all, I mean, I'm still chunky, but even more chunkified, if that's the word. So um, <laughs> I like that word. I called it because I'm like, wow, M does like FST. I'm like, I don't even know if she remembers me because we used to work together. <laughs> like, do you remember me? Like, <laughs> do you remember me? You mean the life or death experiences that we had together? Calling we're trauma bonded okay yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, couldn't forget you if i wanted to <laughs> she knows like 33 appointments right <laughs> so when it i makes call, me comfortable as a gemini i'm like oh she's got enough personalities exactly. to match me <laughs> so when i called i was trying to be all like formal i'm like i'm a Kanye. <laughs> she's like shut up <laughs> so anyway she, i came up here and she stretched me and then i it was amazing I got stretched drunk and then she started talking to me about like weightlifting, which I had never done. And then she got me to being like, I was really strong. You were strong. Yeah. Yeah. She got me. Yeah. She's a deadlifting queen. Yeah. I was okay. And and miraculously, like my back pain from working and all that kind of went away. Miraculous. Shoulder stuff that was going on. But like by strengthening a lot of those muscles and especially my core, she taught me um, and using proper body mechanics. Like I came a long way. I was impressed. Um, and then I got to do it all barefoot up here. So that was, mm-hmm. yeah. I like that. we run around barefoot, but, um, I love him. Oh, I love you back. Like and, stuff, <laughs> so. and then we have like, honestly, mental and spiritual talks mm-hmm. weightlifting. Mm-hmm. and then she met Louise and Louise, Louise, Louise. Louise. So Louise is my person that I we're a, out we're a thruple. <laughs> she laughs at me it's this evil laugh when i'm really tired and my fat's crying stop like, Louise. Just, Louise is around we call in the butt cheeks oh my gosh lisa knows lisa knows all that we do the same yeah you know therapeutic yeah. Funny, i i use some lifting. of your cues to working out as well so when i'm doing when i'm practicing my my chin-ups I like to pretend there's a snake pit at the, the bottom. Snake pit. <laughs> <laughs> so you've inspired that. <laughs> so, oh my gosh. Oh man. Yeah. Follow I'm me for more workout tips. Yeah. <laughs> really. That's going in Emily's book. <laughs> yeah. That's right. But no, seriously, she's one of the best, like, she's the best trainer oh. I've, I've had. Um Definitely, because even though I don't come as often as I did before, what I was able to take You'll away be back. from her, I'll be back. <laughs> I, I was low-key wondering, why didn't I do a workout this morning? But then I would have been probably out of it by the time we did this. <laughs> you leave nothing left. She drains it all. But um, Part of it's uh, the dramatics in between. <laughs> and, I, and that's another thing. I just <laughs> You know, you chose to be here, right? <laughs> I not only chose, I paid to be here. That's okay. true. That's I, true. I don't know. I can just be my my unapologetic self. <laughs> I love can it. We talk about this. Yeah, I miss like, it. Go for it. I miss it. I like You'll that. It's like, it's like working out more than just your body. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it truly is. It's like a therapy session. Mm-hmm. And it's almost weird because when I would come in, she would know when something was like, 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It was just like mm-hmm. I needed this, and I mean, from family things to like just mm-hmm. to the job. She's heard about my bosses that have tried to. Mm-hmm. That's why I'll leave that alone. But it's <laughs> <laughs> a lot. Just it's it's mm-hmm. the yeah. people that are supposed to be in your life make their way. That's true. That's true. I think it's a mistake that we found each other, and I pretended to be. Another Aquania that needed FST. It's another conscious collaboration for sure. Oh, yeah. It is. It is. I think we've, I mean, I think we've really learned a lot today. I actually feel a lot better talking to you, Aquania. (laughs) But really, she's nursing even when she's not nursing. You just have a great presence about you. And it just really, it makes me remember some of the things that are really important um, to keep maintained in any day. It's like Emily and I always talk about routines, right? So like we talk about the importance of sunlight and, mm-hmm. um, you know, touching the earth and making sure that our, our minds and our bodies are in a good place before we do anything in our, in our work or our, our life. But in talking with you, I am thinking more about the aspects of joy and gratitude and, um, and doing things for, for other people, like coming from that coming from that place <laughs> mm-hmm. it feels good but you you touch is huge too I didn't bring that up but during COVID it was so many people that were unable to be touched yeah completely isolated and so and that like when I spoke earlier about excuse me um changing my mind frame and and realizing that I was selected to take care of so many COVID patients during that time Human touch is so healing. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's so necessary. So because their families couldn't be there, I touched a lot of people. And and not just like literally, I I made sure I rubbed their hair just lightly, touched their hands, held their hand, like just nothing medicinal, just present. Mm-hmm. Because there was no one. Everyone, you got to think. Everyone's scared. Mm-hmm. Like at this point, I'm in. Yeah, do it. Like, we've been touch. all up. We've been all up in the germs. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. your touch, like I love. I'm glad that you said that. I hope that. Um, I hope that a good amount of current nurses, uh, well, in any profession, really, I think you can take all these tidbits into. But I hope a lot of current nurses end up listening to this and sort of get these reminders. I think there's a lot of good reminders in here mm-hmm. um, of really like why, why you're doing this and, and how to bring the joy back and the gratitude back and, and um, you know, how to make it a more enjoyable experience, even in the craziest of circumstances. Cause you can't yeah. change the world, but you can look at yourself and like, like, like see what you can deposit into it. Mm-hmm. And like, what do you want that experience to be? Yeah. Was something we said before we started recording that I think is really like a good, like, like punctuation mark here is bring, have the intention of bringing value into every room you walk into. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. And being responsible for the energy that you bring into mm-hmm. it. So if you have a ratty, whatever, you need to check that at the door, figure out what you need to do mm-hmm. because you don't know. You can be encountering someone who decided that today is their last day. Mm-hmm. If you come in with that crappy attitude, you just solidify. Confirm that, that for them, yeah. <laughs> but on the opposite side of that, you could also be the person who 
who they say, you know what? I was going to turn it, it today. Yep. Turned it all around. I decided not to because I encountered you. Mm-hmm. So. Wow. Oh, I love that so much. I'm so glad that you joined us um, so today and talking this you. through and just riffing with us and going through our mm-hmm. process. Of- Listen, anytime. <laughs> this is my jam. I love this. Yes. Thank you so much for having me, for even considering me like I, this opportunity has not been taken lightly. Mm. Hicks Anesthesia so appreciates it. Hicks Quiet. Anesthesia. So appreciates Great logo it. too. I'll see if we can get the logo on, <laughs> on the podcast cover. I'm, I'm a fan. Cool. Yeah, I nice. want to see this logo. Yeah, next time we have you back, I would like to do something more about your, um, you know, you, you really shared with us throughout this whole experience to your ability to talk about relationships and interrelationships um, in, in work and in personal. So I think that would be another good time for you to come back. Mm-hmm. I would love it. Hopefully I'll actually have one. It'd be a regular. But even if I don't, I have a relationship with myself. I'm okay with just that. Mm-hmm. If that's all it takes. Yeah. Well, and friend, you know, friendship relationships and, yeah. and all those things. Yeah. Friendship, romantic work, mm-hmm. all of that. Just really having uh, that relationship as a whole. I think mm-hmm. that's important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think we put titles on such ones like friends, especially you, I know a lot of people, but I don't consider a lot of people my friend because mm-hmm. it's a lot of responsibility and mm-hmm. I like to show up for my friends. Yeah, you do. And if I think I, I heard another quote here, I am with my quotes. <laughs> if everything is important, nothing's important. Mm. Like, ooh, okay. Wow. Yeah. Cause I'm, yeah, that's, that's energy leakage. Right. And a summed up right there. Mm-hmm. Cause so many, so many Just times give to everybody then. Yeah. Like, like if you're, you if can't you prioritize anything. Exactly. What's a priority at that point. If everything's a priority mm. and 90% of the time, nothing gets done. Kwanya coming with the bangers. <laughs> yeah. Coming I with the bangers today. A page full of notes from you, Kwanya. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, I'd be happy to be back. Anytime. Oh, thank you so much. Well, ladies, any last words before we close it out today? Mm, I think we could keep going and going and going. I shouldn't but, say uh... that to people that come from healthcare. <laughs> Calling the time. <laughs> Last words. <laughs> I just want to thank you too, though, so much. Like, I, I so appreciate just you listening and, and, and also exposing me and, and our conversation to your, to your audience. Like, mm-hmm. I, I know you're sick of me saying thank you, but literally, thank you. Right? Never. Um, thank you back. Mm-hmm. Yes. Thank you so much. Well, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in with us today. I hope that you have a page full of notes like I do of beautiful <laughs> quotes and inspiration. Mm-hmm. And um, and yeah, I hope everybody is walking away from this, trying to remember, connect back with the joy that they had at the start of whatever journey that they're on. Um, and I hope that you will continue this conversation with us on Facebook and our Conscious Collaboration Collective. You can search for the group there, follow the links in the description and shoot us an email or um, hit us up in the DMs on Instagram. We're going to put Aquania's LinkedIn mm-hmm. <laughs> in the description as well. So let's all be friends there, even though it's not okay to be, be LinkedIn friends. <laughs> <laughs> let's tell everyone, let's announce that we're, we're LinkedIn friends on LinkedIn. I think that will go over. <laughs> all right. Um, well, it's been great. It's been good great. To, good to see you, Emily. Thanks for bringing such a wonderful friend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, thank you. Anytime. <laughs> All right, ladies. Well, I'm sure I will talk to you in five minutes. Talk to you in five. Bye. Bye, Bye everyone.
Thank y'all so much for listening to our podcast. If you haven't yet, please be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share with all your friends so they can join our circle of collaboration on this journey. You can find us on Instagram at Conscious Collaboration Podcast, on Spotify, iTunes, and Audible, to name a few. Please join us next time for another deep dive into how you can live life in more alignment, mind, body, and business. Send us your questions and comments in our DMs or email us at Conscious Collaboration Podcast at gmail.com. See you in five minutes.